0: Chapter 11, The Black Holes. As the deck lift door opens, Commander Hong noticed the captain has arrived onto the bridge. He quickly relinquished command to the captain and begins to report to him the findings from the probe. Commander Hong begins with an oral report on the first probe, telling the captain about the transmitting sequence and how it suddenly stopped transmitting. He then pulls up a still picture of a celestial object, which looks like a planet. Captain Bifford looks at the picture and asks Commander, What am I looking at? commander. Hong explains to him that they are not sure what the object is, but it has the only image received from the probe in their databank. He tells the captain that the second probe findings are even stranger. Hong turns toward the navigator. Lieutenant Thompson, please run the recording from both probes in sequence. The recording from the first probe starts running, and for a split second, a celestial object appears, and what seems to be a black hole signal is detected, and the probe stops. Commander Hung looks at the captain as the recording from the second probe starts, and it shows the first probe and a black hole forming under it. A few seconds later, the second probe shows a celestial object, which looks like the same object from the first probe, and then it stops. The captain put his hand on his chin and turns to the commander. What do you make of it? Hung speaks with little confidence in what he is seeing. Well, sir, it seems that the black holes aren't there at first. They just form as soon as the probes enter the grid. Captain Bifford agrees and orders Lieutenant Thompson to triangulate the black hole signal, feed the data into navigations and the astral data bank. Yes, sir, replies the lieutenant. Commander Hong tells the captain that the black hole might be the cause of all the previous expeditions that disappeared. Captain Bifford, looking a little puzzled, agrees with him, but thinks to himself, How come the expeditions did not detect the black hole ahead of them, nor did the probes? The captain turns to Lieutenant Fetman Mission, full stop. The star crusher comes to a full stop. The captain acknowledged. We will stay here until we figure out our next move. The captain turns his attention to communication. Instant Surrenders, send a hailing signal to the vicinity of the object revealed by the probe readings and to have all senior staff report to the tactical briefing room ASAP. He then tasks communications to interrupt the briefing if a response is received from the Hail. Yes, sir, replied Instant Surrentis. The captain and Commander Hong enter the tactical briefing room and the intercom goes off. All senior staff, please report to the tactical briefing room. Let like clockwork, the staff falls into the briefing room one after another. The captain begins his briefing by thanking everyone for being so prompt. He informs them that he has called the briefing to go over the data from the probes. The captain orders Commander Hong to run the recording from the first probe, starting a minute before it entered the grid. The commander starts by activating the large VAPCOM, and gives an order to the computer. Please, Play Pro set TC12-1 and 2 time 105. The recording from the first probe runs for about four seconds and Hung pauses and starts pointing out important timelines in the data as it comes into focus. As the recording reaches time 1.05, Hung begins explaining the data that they have seen from the first probe. He changes the picture on the VAPCOM to show a shot of the celestial object discussed earlier on the bridge. He then orders the computer to continue with the recordings of the second probe. As the recordings resume, he says, "You will see what happened to the first, and possibly what happened to the second probe." The computer runs for a couple of seconds, then Hung pauses the recordings and turns to the attendees. As you all can see, the first probe is swallowed up by what seems to be a black hole. Computer, resume. The recording runs for about another minute, showing the same celestial object as the first probe before it stopped transmitting. Captain Bifford turns his chair back toward the table and says, We're faced with what seems to be a black hole, and I don't say that lightly. The probes did not detect a black hole, and if the early expeditions faced the same fate, I think they would have detected it also. So what is this? We do not know, but it is in our way. Commander Hong points out that if a ship is going down in the black hole, they will have enough time to get out at least a distress signal. Everyone at the briefing nods in agreement with the commander. Lieutenant Roberts, peering at the screen, asks the commander if he would please run the second recording in slow motion at the point where the first probe was sucked in by the black hole. Commander Hong orders the computer play TC twelve two. start time 0.55. As the recording starts, the commander asks the lieutenant, "What are you looking for?" Lieutenant Roberts stares at the screen. "Sir, I can swear that there is no spinning from such a forceful black hole." Lieutenant asks the commander to pause the recording, and as he does so, Lieutenant Roberts notices the calculations on the screen and tells the commander that the data does not seem right for a black hole. Roberts then orders the computer to run a spectrum trace on the black hole. A few seconds pass. Spectrum trace complete. Replies the computer. Lieutenant Roberts, once a junior science officer candidate, looks at the monitor. Something is amiss with those readings. Hong noticed the spectrum was off. I see what you mean, Lieutenant. By the way, how do you know so much about black holes? Science was my first choice at the officer's academy. But that is a story for another day. Commander Hong commends the lieutenant on his good work and tells him to proceed. But the lieutenant tells the commander he may want to explain the spectrum charts for that was not one of his strong points. Hong acknowledges and takes over by ordering the computer to enlarge grid ABE-BEB, or the spectrum chart. Hong points at the grid and highlights a vertical line across the grid. He tells the attendees that if the black hole is a true black hole, then the highlighted line will be curved like an S and spinning like so. when passing through a strong gravitational field, but this line is straight and not moving. And that tells him that someone or something is creating artificial black holes. Lieutenant Roberts interrupts the commander. Sir, if someone is creating black holes, then it leads me to believe that we are facing some kind of perimeter defense. The captain quickly weighs in, but whoever has that technology to do this is way more advanced than us. his officers that taking a careful approach is priority one, and for now, the black holes are their nemesis. Lieutenant Robert points out to the captain that they have no way of defending against such a weapon, and entering the grid would seem not to be an option for getting into the border zone. The captain looks at the young lieutenant. If it is man-made, then it can be destroyed. The captain informs everyone that communications is attempting to communicate with the celestial object, but has not had a response yet. Captain Bifford turns his attention directly to Chief O2. Chief, is it possible to modify the probes to withstand the black hole pull for a few seconds more? I may be able to get an extra second or two if we are lucky. That is all we may need, replies the captain. Can you have it ready within the hour? Yes, sir. I will also add a couple of high definition 3D lenses. They will give us a better picture of the unknown object and its surroundings. Good, notify the bridge when the probes are ready. We will remain here until we know what we are facing. The captain tells his officers that he doesn't think the object is a planet because the probe did not pick up a moon or any other satellites in the area. He then dismisses the officers to resume their duties. Ambassador Siddle stops and turns and asks the captain if he would like to join him for an early lunch. The captain takes up the ambassador's invitation and they both exit the briefing room, stepping onto the bridge. Captain Bifford gets Commander Hong to come and orders him to notify him if they come up with a solution for bypassing the black holes. The captain exits the bridge and meets up with Siddle in the corridor. The two start walking toward the mess lounge when Siddle asks the captain if he thought the black holes were truly man-made or another galaxy oddity. Captain Bifford gives a quick two-word answer. No oddity. As the two men approach the mess hall, Siddle says, Hmm, something smells good. The captain agrees and they enter the mess. The two gentlemen are greeted by the mess attendant, Mr. Simone. Good morning, Captain, sir, and guests. Captain Bifford and Siddle returns the greeting and takes a seat at the captain's table. Mr. Simone informs the captain that they have fresh fruit salad. Good, I will have that. Mr. Simone turns toward the ambassador and asks what he would like to order. I will have the garden salad with subtypes, replies Mr. Siddle. The ambassador has always loved these worm-like insects from his home planet. Siddle scoping out the mess lounge, notice one of the crewmen eating chicken and turns to the captain. Why do your people eat chicken? I find it disgusting. Such a lovely creature. Captain Bifford, with a serious look. We mean no disrespect to you or your people. It just happens to be an earth food that goes back centuries. Mr. Siddle still not satisfied, says, I understand, Captain. But the captain interrupts him. Drop it, Siddle. This is no place for delicacy policies. The fruit of as Siddle changes the subject to first contact with what looks like a planet on the probe data. The captain points out that they are not sure if it is a planet. As Mr. Siddle sucks down the subtype, let us assume it is a planet and that intelligent life is present. The captain looks up from his dish and points out that if intelligent life exists, they are unable to communicate, or they do not want to be bothered. The ambassador not one to be pleased easily With a few words, sets back in his seat. You me, Captain. This could be my first task of diplomacy. The Captain takes another fork for a salad and says, maybe. Siddle moves his food to the side and comments on his meal. These are the worst tasting secretaries I've ever had. They must have been in the freezers too long. Always better fresh. The Captain reminds the Ambassador that on a Galaxy-class ship, first contact is made by the Captain. Ambassador Siddle, knowing the captain's history with Tyrion Ambassadors, promises he will not get in the way. The captain thanks the ambassador and continues to enjoy his salad as Mr. Siddle returns to eating his salad and removing the sectites to the side. Join us next time for Chapter 12, The Weapon.